fiber in place. Welcome to this edition of Still in the Race, the podcast about running, at least until lately. A look back and forward. The calendar has changed, and my 61st birthday is in the rearview mirror. Another year has slid by. The original challenge of working to make a difference has been replaced with trying to find small improvements in my surgically repaired left knee. In many ways, this was the most fitting way for this journey to end, and I find myself in the most familiar of places, starting over, and in a way that can be difficult to understand. Even for myself, I relish these moments, even as they frustrate me. The lone remaining question is, what have I learned? Life does not care what your plans are. My overly elaborate plans that I had at the beginning of this project came back to earth and found a comfortable place where I spent most of the past year. It was only at that point that I began to enjoy the journey. Big plans are great, but grandiose plans are out of my wheelhouse, and I'm good with that. Adhering to timelines and agendas is akin to putting me in a straitjacket. I don't enjoy it, and I'm not very good at it. Admittedly, and somewhat humbly, tackling a podcast has revealed that I don't speak particularly well. It has been disappointing to listen to my nasal tone as I stumble through my notes. I am much more at home with the words that I pound out on my keyboard than speaking them. It's also impossible to reflect on the last year without acknowledging all that has taken place, both personally and globally. The pandemic has stubbornly remained a part of life and somehow managed to become a political issue. With that, People continue to needlessly die. There are still dark days ahead, and I find myself struggling to see where all of this will lead. A new president was elected, but over half of the party in power believes that the election was stolen, regardless of the facts. As I watched the U.S. military pull out of Afghanistan, it was impossible not to see the fall of Saigon a generation ago and wonder how we reached a place where the Taliban was in charge of the security of Americans. Once again, It has proved to be the land where empires go to die. The internet, which was hailed as the democratization of information, ushered in the democratization of misinformation, and entities such as QAnon somehow carved out a place of legitimacy as we watched in horror as our capital was overrun. Unless, of course, you saw them as patriots and cheered. Black Lives Matters demonstrations filled the streets as we struggled to come to terms with centuries of racial injustice that recedes ever so slowly. Much like the pandemic, climate change raced down political paths, even as the evidence made denial feel like flat earth. Guns, more guns, more deaths. 20,000 U.S. deaths and a similar number of suicides by guns. And it goes on. And there were those issues that touched closer to home. After missing his first birthday due to the pandemic, we were able to share our grandson's second birthday with four generations of family. He will never remember that we weren't there for his first birthday, but I will never forget. My wife lost her sister, far too young to cancer, and has had to watch her mother slip away 
as Alzheimer's robs her of her final years. Our daughter's brother-in-law tragically died, and the grieving continues. It's been two and a half years since we have seen her, as Australia remains shut down. Even after all these challenges, it's not lost on me that I have enjoyed an extraordinary life without possessing any particularly extraordinary abilities. Life takes unexpected turns, and I spent much of today with a group of students from Grand Valley State University who were in the second year of their graduate program in public health. They were all idealistic and engaged, peppering me with questions throughout the nearly three hours that we spent together. As we were wrapping up, the professor asked if I had any closing words that I would like to share. I gave them all of the obligatory prescribed advice that society dictates when talking with those at such a time. But after a quick pause, I found myself returning to a place that echoed from when my children were going out into the world. I can't remember how I started my closing remarks, but I do remember how I closed, and it took me back to an apology that I hand wrote to all of my children several years ago. An apology from an unfair parent. Universally, parents have unrealistic expectations of their children, and now that mine have left home to carve out their places in the world, I realize that I was no different, regardless of my efforts. As parents, we simultaneously hope for the best while fearing the worst, seeing every moment as a reflection on ourselves, even as we refuse to acknowledge it. Get a good education, get a good job, be a beacon in your community, look a certain way, act a certain way, pick the perfect partner, make your family proud. At times they are spoken, at others implied. Regardless, they feel like screams to our children. I eventually came to the realization that I never ask any of those things for my children. I made my expectations much deeper, and as a result, even more unfair. I asked them to change the world, to make a difference beyond what is reasonable. And now, as we all age, I feel as if I owe them an apology. Rather, I know that I owe them an apology. Being good people should have been enough, because that is truly the only measure that matters. They are all good people, and that is more important than the education or the job or the community. Their job was never to make me proud. Their job was, and remains, to live their lives in a way that they choose. I can only hope that they knew how to tune me out as they searched out their paths. If they indeed change the world, it will have nothing to do with me. The young people in the room were not my children. I had never met them before today, and it is unlikely that I will ever see them again. Regardless, before I sent them back to their lives, I once again returned to a place that felt comfortable. You will all need to find careers when you graduate that pay the bills, but don't let that be enough. Go out and change the world. That's your job. I appreciate all of you that have hung in with me for the last year here at Still in the Race. Even as I wrap up this journey, I look forward to next time. And there will be a next time. It may come in the form of an update, or more likely, details on the pot that is already being stirred. If you would rather listen and read much of this content, along with other odd thoughts and observations, find their way to stillintherace.com. Production and editing, care of Trey Jones. You can find him at treyjoneswriter.com. Additional editing and artwork, Astrid Burke. You can find them both at babyfeverpodcast.com. Thank you so much for allowing me to enter your homes over the last year. I hope that the next adventure will prove to be even more interesting.